Continuing our AOS farm system previews is the Seattle Mariners. 90-72 last year, finally broke the 20-year playoff drought. Do they have reinforcements coming from the farm system to get them back into the postseason? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. So Seattle Mariners, Cal Rally, walk-off home run, clinches the first playoff spot in 20 years. Uh, do you have reinforcements coming this season from the farm system? I don't necessarily know if you do. You've traded some good prospects, and you did it to make the big league team better. If you kind of look at some of the guys that were moved out, my guess is Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo would have been around you know, the top three or so. Uh, Brandon Williamson, Connor Phillips probably would have been in that back half of the top ten. Levi Strout. Uh, Adam Mako, Andrew Moore, probably somewhere in the tween, in the teens. So you moved out a lot of talent here. And right now, the farm seems to be a little bit young. Number one prospect in the system, catcher Harry Ford. 2021 first rounder out of high school. Got 104 games in low A last year. 274, 425, 438. 11 home runs, 40 extra base hits, 88 walks to 105 strikeouts, and a 104 games, 23 of 28 on stolen bases. The thing to know about Harry Ford is fantastic athlete, right? 5'10", 200, uh, so kind of a, you know, a shorter, stockier build, right? But fantastic explosiveness, uh, great athleticism. He's a plus runner, not a plus runner for a catcher. He's legitimately a plus runner and has a plus arm to go along with it. And what that means is defensively, he has the skills to be at least an average defender behind the plate. He's not right now. Uh, he is good at scooping a ball out of the dirt and making a throw. He is good at running out, ranging out to get foul balls. Uh, he's got a little bit more work to do when it comes to blocking, when it comes to receiving. He seems to struggle with really good breaking stuff, which I get it. A year ago, he was in high school. You, know? uh, you don't see a lot of great uh, high school breaking stuff. And so it's understandable, but offensively, he's got a lot of really good tools. Fantastic plate, rich, like, uh, fantastic pitch recognition and plate discipline. Crushes lefties, which is nice. Has some holes in his swing as far as swing and miss up in the zone, but for the most part, uh, can get a good drive on a ball, likes to put it, you know, he can, his, his power, his home run power is kind of left center to right center. But he does really well putting into that right center gap. I think that Harry Ford is a very, very good talent. Athletically, you have the versatility with his skill set. If you wanted to move him to an infield position, you could. And not just first base. You could play him at second. Might be a waste of his plus arm. You could move him to third base, I think. With his speed being good, and the arm being plus, I think that he could give you at least average, if not better, defense at third base. Uh, just 
kind of a rare athlete for a catcher. You know, just very, very athletically impressive as a catcher. And somebody, again, who has the physical traits, you know, the sheer athleticism, and then the work ethic and baseball knowledge to become an average defender. I know you have Cal Raleigh uh, right now in Seattle. You'll have him for a while. So you have flexibility with Harry Ford, but definitely worthy of number one prospect label in this system. Number two prospect in this system is shortstop Cole Young, 2022 first rounder out of high school out of Pennsylvania, uh, around six foot 180 or so. Got in 17 games last year between rookie ball and low A combined, 367, 423, 517. Normally we love that 300, 400, 500 slash line. Small sample size here, seven games in rookie ball, 10 games in low A. It's hard to go ahead and say, yes, he's a dude on that slash line, but. Very good slash line for Cole Young. Two home runs, four extra base hits, eight walks to eight strikeouts, and four or six on stolen bases. The things to take away from this, he's a plus hitter, and I think part of that is he's already shown to have very little issue with velocity or with spin. Haven't really seen him have the success yet with off speed. That's something a lot of stuff you do in rookie ball is against guys who were just in high school along with you, or... We're just international and came stateside, and the off-speed is not as developed as the fastball and the breaking stuff. So I still want to see what Cole Young can do with off-speed. But the big thing that was impressive in that small sample is he does not miss hittable pitches. Now, the overall power ceiling, I think, is going to be just short of average, right? So when you're looking at something, it's going to be... uh, Line drives from foul pole to foul pole, from line to line. Uh, He'll get into one occasionally, and I think he's going to end up 15 to 20 home run power. Not necessarily because the raw power is going to get that good, but again, he's very good at identifying a pitch that is hittable, and not just hittable, but one that can be driven. So I think Cole Young is going to be able to give you 15, 20 home runs simply based off of pitch recognition and strike zone discipline and swing decisions. Defensively, uh, he is a average defender right now at short, can make all of the plays you need him to make. Routine plays are really good. Uh, speed's above average. I worry about what the range is going to do. I feel like it's already a little bit already a little bit questionable. The arm is above average. He could play at second. He might be able to make it at third. I don't know if the power profile is going to work out for a classic third base power profile, but he could do second or third. The good thing is the first step is very quick. You know, so the the read and the reaction off the bat is good. And so whether you put him at second or third, he'll be able to be above average, if not above average. Again, probably just average at shortstop, but I like what, Cole Young can do. I think it's the correct decision to have him at number two right now until we get more tape on him to figure out, is he moving up or down? Number three prospect in this system, right-hand pitcher Bryce Miller. 6'2", 180, 2021 fourth rounder out of Texas A&M. And a guy who you could see sooner rather than later. So 27 games last year, 26 starts between low A, high A, and double A. So Modesto, Everett, Arkansas. 316 ERA in 133 and two-thirds innings. 163 strikeouts, so 11 strikeouts per nine. 
to 46 walks, 3.1 per nine, and 10 home runs allowed. The things that I noticed, the fastball, very good. 70-grade fastball sits 95 to 96, can touch 100 with it. The delivery is a really clean and smooth delivery. And then he just, he'll absolutely challenge a hitter with the fastball. He'll throw a fastball. Hey, if you can hit it, more power to you. The fastball has a lot of like that late kind of finish to it. And so that makes it just last second misses a bit. The secondaries have gotten better. It was a little bit of a concern when you first got them. So the slider above average sits in the mid 80s, has some hard break to it. Uh, change up is average right now, sits in the mid 80s as well, has a lot of late fade to it. He doesn't always necessarily have the command of it. Sometimes he'll, when he lets go of the ball, you know it's a, it's a ball. So thing to work on there. Curveball is fringe to below average right now. Uh, sits in the low 80s. Definitely useful to get somebody to roll over on if they're trying to gear up for the for the slider and change, watching for that, or they're coming on the fastball. You catch them with a curveball when they're not watching. Um, got much better in professional baseball versus college as far as throwing strikes. Has a good tempo and can and really has the stamina to be a starter. Keeps the vo- the velocity deeper in the starts. Kind of looks like a mid rotation guy. Uh, if for some reason you decided to use him in relief, I feel like he'd be a high leverage reliever because the fastball is slow, so good and the slider could probably get a couple more ticks of velocity on it in relief and become even a like a much bigger weapon. So I like Bryce Miller. I think he'll start off in AAA Tacoma. You may see him in 2023 at the big league level. Uh, number four prospect in the system, outfielder Gabriel Gonzalez. 2021 IFA, got in 67 games last year between rookie ball and low A. 321, 410, 468. Seven home runs, 22 extra base hits, 21 walks to 42 strikeouts, and 9 to 13 on stolen bases. Offensively, he's pretty advanced, which he has to be because the defense is already a question at age 18. So it's 5'10", 180. But despite the maybe being a little undersized off of what you would expect, he can get the power into games. He had a ball with an exit below of 116 last year, which is uh, like that max exit below matches Austin Riley's best exit below in the majors last year. So he can already get that power into games. And a lot of it's because his hands are very quick. And so he can get the bat into the zone incredibly quick with like a whippy kind of action to it. Uh, He's pretty good at using the whole field. I actually saw him hit a couple home runs opposite field, which is, again, impressive for an 18-year-old to do. And he's got good pitch recognition, hand-eye coordination, contact skills, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't swing and miss a lot, which is surprising for like a power hitter, but you can get him to chase out of the zone. And so well, he'll he'll make contact. He's good enough to make contact with that, but it's weak contact, it's suboptimal contact. So he has to work on pitch recognition and swing decisions there. If he can do that, I can see him raising the 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 hit tool from a fringe to maybe an average kind of thing to go along with the plus power. Again, he's going to have to hit because the defense isn't great. Uh, he's already slowed down to about 40 speed or so. Uh, now, the arm is massive, 70 grade arm. It's an absolute cannon. But he has range questions because of the speed. The instincts are good. 
And so because the instincts are good, provided he doesn't slow down anymore, I think he could be defensively somewhere between fringe to average. And again, that arm cannon, absolutely an asset. It's just a matter of he has to keep the physical development from, from taking him out of what is realistic uh, to p- still play in the outfield. If he slows down too much, you're going to have to look at moving him to first base, DH, something like that. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. There's some really interesting pitchers in this system. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1. Thousand uh, dollars and bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanBook FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, you go to FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon for more information about it. Uh, the app safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, three pointers drained, all of that kind of stuff. If you're just like me and you are here solely for baseball, guess what? American League MVP odds. Fourth best odds in the American League to win the MVP, Julio Rodriguez, plus 900. The only people ahead of him, Shohei Otani, plus 220. Aaron Judge, plus 600. Mike Trout, plus 800. When you look at division winners in this division, uh, second best odds to win the division at plus 300. The Astros are at minus 200. Uh, Rangers and Angels, plus 1,000 behind you. And then Oakland A's, plus 25,000 to win the division. World Series odds, the Seattle Mariners plus 1,600 to win the World Series. Nine best odds in all of baseball behind, uh, in reverse order, Toronto, Philly, Atlanta, San Diego, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Astros. So tough because the, the Astros are in this division, obviously, but the balanced schedule is going to help with that. Less exposure to having to play them as much. More of an opportunity to beat up on like, you know, some of the central divisions and things like that. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, state of the pitching in this system. There's some interesting pitchers who you could see sooner rather than later. We already talked about Bryce Miller, obviously. Uh, Right-hand pitcher Emerson Hancock, interesting guy here. 2020 first rounder out of the University of Georgia, 6'4", 215 or so. Got in 21 games in AA Arkansas last year. 375 ERA in 98 and a third innings, 92 strikeouts, 8.4 per nine, 38 walks, 3.5 per nine, 16 home runs allowed. Kind of a trend I've noticed is a lot of these guys that are a little bit higher in the system, like Hancock, the next guy, like Dollard, Strikeout per nine is under nine. It's a little bit of the approach and the stuff. But Hancock, above average fastball, 92 to 94, touches 96. So the velocity is not necessarily where you expect it to be from a, from a, like just a pure number standpoint. It's got good ride up in the zone. It also works well if he tries to sink it down below the zone, which is not something that every fastball can do. Uh, the changeup is a plus changeup, mid-80s, really good, like late drop to it. Pairs really well with that fastball. Definitely is like his out pitch. Like that is his go-to pitch when he's got to put a guy away. Uh, he'll throw it to a righty. He'll throw it to a lefty. He'll throw it in any count, in any situation. And he's good at getting ground ball contact off of it. 
Going along with it, the third pitch is what you've got to kind of work on. The slider in the low 80s, it is probably below average right now. It doesn't move a ton, right? Uh, Somehow, he keeps it from getting just destroyed, but it just, the pitch itself needs a little bit more movement. I don't know if the trick is try to make it more sweepy. I don't know if the trick is to uh, convert it to a gyro slider, but there's something you can do with Emerson Hancock to make that third pitch a little more effective. The control, eh, average, it's fine. He can throw strikes. Uh, He can sequence really well. And then the question you have, the overall question for Emerson Hancock is just the health and durability, right? Uh, he has a he has a kind of a shorter delivery and like a lower slot. And so there's a lot of shoulder, it's, there's a lot of strain on the shoulder. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about what that's going to do there. He's never broken 100 pitches, in, 100 innings in a season. He came close last year, 98 and a third, but he's never broken 100 innings in a season. And, and in 33 starts in his career in minor league baseball, he's only gone six innings twice. It's just something where, you know, when you when you took him uh, sixth overall, you thought he was going to be a number one, number two type. You're probably looking at a number four or number five. Still a good outcome because, again, on average, a drafted player is not going to make major league baseball. So still a good outcome. Um, you're probably going to see him in AAA to start the year in Tacoma, and I would expect you to see him at the big league level this year. Again, spot start, back to the rotation kind of guy. Taylor Dollard, another guy that you, there's a possibility of seeing him again this year. Uh, 2025th rounder out of Cal Poly. Uh, They've taken multiple guys out of Cal Poly. Uh, Brian Wu was was in the sixth round in 2021. But got 27 games in AA Arkansas last year. That Arkansas rotation was fun to watch. 2.25 ERA and 144 innings pitched, 131 strikeouts, so 8.2 per nine. Another under nine strikeouts per nine thing there. 31 walks, 1.95 per nine. Nine home runs allowed. Stature wise, not as big as Hancock, 6'3, 195. Uh, I say not as big. To us, it's obviously huge, but. Compared to some of the other guys in the system, not as big, right? Uh, Fastball is kind of average, 91 to 94. He's got good extension on it, so it plays up a bit. I'm still trying to work on figuring out some sort of metric that can use extension to to figure out a perceived velocity kind of thing. I've talked to some folks within some organizations. There is proprietary numbers out there different teams have that quantify this. They can't share it with me, but they've kind of shared the framework of how they created it. And so um, it's a long-term project of mine to figure out a way to explain with numbers the perceived velocity of some of these things. But Taylor Dollard's fastball plays up because of that extension. The slider plus pitch, uh, the high 70s, low 80s, so like 78 to 82, and has like a lot, like a, like a big bend to it. So big movement to it. Doesn't have a ton of spin to it. Kind of like you look at Hancock and, you know, the slider doesn't move a ton. His slider also doesn't move a ton for Taylor Dollard, but he can command it really well. Uh, has a changeup to go along with it. Uh, low 80s. It's kind of average. And then has a curveball, a big vertical breaking curveball in the high 60s that is technically a curveball and not an EFIS, but I kind of think of it more like an EFIS pitch, right? 
Again, another guy like Hancock. The stuff doesn't just blow you away, but he's got really good command. He's aggressive. He will attack you early. His goal is to get early strikes, get ahead in the count, and then not give you anything you could make solid contact with. Uh, The command's good enough where if you have a hole in your swing, you're vulnerable to a fastball up or pitches in on your hands, he can execute that. And again, another guy who probably going to start off in AAA Tacoma. You'll probably see him a little bit in 2023. Another kind of back of the rotation guy who I think would work really well if you ended up using him as like a, like a swing man. And he sometimes was in long relief, uh, sometimes was a starter. I think it'd be a good thing for him, but obviously value-wise, you'd rather try make sure he can start or not start first before you do that. A couple other pitchers in here that are really interesting want to get to kind of quickly. Brian Wu, the righty from Cal Poly. Uh, Last year, 16 games between rookie ball, low A, and high A, 4-11 ERA, 57 innings pitched, 84 strikeouts, 13.2 per nine. Like to see that high number there. 22 walks, 3.5 per nine, four home runs allowed. Pounds the strike zone, has a fastball that is plus 93-94, can touch 96. Really good ride up in the zone. Slider's a big sweepy slider in the mid-80s, probably solidly above average. Kind of a firm changeup that's in the high 80s, but has some really late kind of drop and run away from a lefty. So it's a useful weapon there. I like what Brian Wu can do. Uh, it's a kind of an issue of, obviously, you need more experience. And you want to kind of sharpen the command a little bit. Sometimes when he misses, he misses middle-middle, which is kind of the worst place to miss, especially with a changeup. So a little bit of work to do there, but... Like seeing Brian Wu, I expect him to spend almost the entire year at AA Arkansas. I noticed the Mariners like to do this. In just a minute, I want to get to the superlatives. There's some fun awards to give out in this system right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. So when you're looking at the Seattle Mariners and you're trying to give out superlatives, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. That is definitely going to... Outfitter Lazaro Montez, 2021 IFA, big boy already, 6'4", 210, and got some games in the DSL, 55 games there, 284, 422, 585, 10 home runs, 28 extra base hits, 35 walks to 74 strikeouts in 55 games, and 3 of 4 on stolen bases. He's going to have to hit because the defense isn't great. He's a below average runner right now at like age 17 who's probably going to slow down. Most 17-year-olds do slow down. Uh, He's a corner outfielder right now, but again, you're looking at possibly having to move him to first base. That's the kind of scenario you are as far as the speed and what it can do. Again, already being below average at age 17, odds are he's not going to get any faster. So, Now, the reason that he would profile at first base is he's got really good power from the left-hand side. 70-grade raw power can absolutely just launch tanks. Now, the thing that's unusual, and the reason I wanted to highlight him, is most 17-year-olds with great raw power can't yet get it into games. He hit, had a slug into 585 with 10 home runs and 28 extra base hits at age 17. So he can do it. The issue, the reason that he's on here, and you know, and it's a compact swing, uh, it's a good bat path through the zone, but anything above the belt, he seems to struggle swing and miss-wise with. It's not necessarily an approach thing. 
I think it's that swing. That swing has a little too much of that uppercut kind of thing to it. It reminds me, not a comp, but it reminds me of a young Jordan Alvarez. So definitely something you have to fix, but absolutely, if it clicks, could be like a middle of the order power hitting first baseman for you at the big league level. Obviously plenty of time. He'll come stateside in 2023. We can kind of see what changes they make there. The breakout prospect that I have in this system, which is weird for me to do this, but it's another guy from the DSL. Shortstop Michael Arroyo, 2022 IFA, 5'10", 160. Got in 49 games in the DSL last year. 314, 457, 484. Four home runs, 16 extra base hits. 27 walks to 33 strikeouts and 4-8 on stolen bases. I think defensively, he's probably going to end up as a second baseman. The arm is average. The speed is average. The defense at short is kind of average. He's going to get stretched as he gets as he physically matures, especially with the lack of a shift. And so gonna be he's gonna be perfectly fine at second base. No worries there. The reason I like him as the breakout is because for such a young player, he has a very, very good feel for the strike zone with really good discipline for what is and is not a strike and what is a pitch that I can drive. And what is a pitch that I could make contact with, but it's going to be suboptimal contact. Uh, We've talked on the show before about there's a kind of prevailing theory that hitters are born, not made, whereas pitchers can be made. Arroyo very much has some natural talents when it comes to hitting. The hands are really quick, and so it's a really short swing, right-handed swing, but he can cover the entire plate. He can he can manipulate the barrel mid-swing. And so there's very few holes mechanically at the plate. Now, the power, I do have a question about the overall ceiling, right? I don't think he's ever going to hit more than, you know, 10, 15 home runs at the big league level. Maybe 20 if he can continue to make exceptional contact, you know, high-quality contact with drivable pitches. But... I just think the fact that he has so few holes in the swing now, he does really well with velocity. He does really well with break. He feels like he's going to do really well with off speed. Again, a thing you don't see a lot at, you know, in those kind of leagues with 17-year-olds uh, is why I feel like he's going to get stateside this year. He's going to be in the complex league and then probably some time in low A. And I think you're going to see him kind of take off to the point where I'd have him as a top 10 prospect in the system, and maybe a top five by the end of the season. Guy who needs to stay healthy in this system, Jonathan Clace, 2018 IFA. He's had a bunch of injuries. A lot of them have been hamstring and quad injuries. So 2021, so obviously after the pandemic, 2021, he only got 14 games before injury. Last year, he was in Modesto most of the year, got 107 games in low A Modesto. Uh, 267, 373, 463, 13 home runs, 46 extra base hits, including 11 triples, 65 walks to 133 strikeouts, and 55 of 65 on stolen bases. He is close to 80 grade speed. If we were going to do a half grade that high, he'd be like a 75. But because of it, can cover tons of ground in center field. So the defense projects to be above average, not the best defender in the system, but above average defense. 
in center field because of the speed. The instincts are fine, a little bit more work there, and that's probably what's keeping him away from being the best outfield defender in the system is just some of those reads, routes, reactions, and some of that comes with experience because he missed so much time. Uh, his strike zone awareness is pretty good. Uh, he, he, he added switch hitting in 2021, worked on it during the lost 2020 season. He used to be just a lefty hitter, but he's naturally a righty. So he added that in. I think he, his offense would get to average with some more experience and work. But again, he's missed a lot of time. And I don't think the power ceiling's that great. And then the arms only average. So he's going to be a useful big leaguer if he pans out. I don't think he's going to be an all-star or a game breaker, but the speed is absolutely a weapon and can definitely help you at the big league level. The best outfield defender in the system is Cade Marlowe, 2019 20th rounder out of Division II West Georgia, uh, signed for $5,000. 62200 got 120 games in AA Arkansas and then a brief cameo in AAA Tacoma in Arkansas. 291, 380, 483, 20 home runs, so one every six games, 42 extra base hits, 55 walks to 133 strikeouts, 36 of 46 on stolen bases. The speed is plus, definitely helps. Very, very smart. Actually had a 387 GPA. He was like pre-med, wanted to go be a doctor, got drafted instead. So now he's, uh, now he's a baseball player, but very intelligent player. Uh, he was the only player in the minors last year that had 20 doubles, 10 triples, 20 home runs, and 20 stolen bases. Led the entire minor leagues with 107 RBIs. Uh, would have called him, if, you know, if I had done this show before last season, we would have had him as the breakout for 2022. But looked very, very good. The thing here, the power is plus, but the hit tool is only average because he has too much swing and miss in the zone. So something he has to work on there. I think in center field, he, in the lower, like he has, in Arkansas, he was a plus defender in center field. Brief glimpse in Tacoma. Wasn't as good in Tacoma. I think some of that may have just been an adjustment period. It was only 13 games. That's why I kind of threw that out. But there was some discussion that he would be only above average in center field and plus in the corners. Again, a thing where we need to see a bigger sample size. I expect him to go back to AAA Tacoma and to be an option to get called up if you need help at the big league level and or you finally give up on Jared Kalenic. <laughs> really enjoying this week, uh, getting get the AL West. Tomorrow's the Los Angeles Angels, who have done a lot of work, uh, have an exciting young catcher in Logan O'Hoppy, as well as some interesting pitchers and guys in this most recent draft had that big pitching heavy draft where they took nothing but pitchers. Want to check in on those guys and see how they're panning out. In the meantime, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the new Locked On MLB, MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects.